Back in 1997, your head coach of the Jets, Peyton was a junior at Tennessee. He thought about leaving early uh, to come out um, of college. And I think in that scenario, if he would have come out, would you have drafted him, number one? And also, how would you have dealt with his 28 interceptions that he would eventually go on to throw his rookie season? <laughs> this is the show that replays the should-have-beens, could-have-beens, and great what-ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. <laughs> oh, man. That was Eli Manning on the Manning cast uh, last year talking to Bill Parcells about his brother Peyton. But that leads into our episode, What If Peyton Manning Had Left Early for the NFL Draft? How different would his career look? How different would the NFL look? This is Replay the Down. I'm your host, Tyler Wessel, here with my friends, Jason Delarusso and Nathan Adams. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to go over some listener comments from last week's episode, as well as cover some current events. If you want to head directly to today's topic, just jump ahead to about the 16 and a half minute mark, and we'll see you there. Last week, we discussed Tom Brady and if he would still be the GOAT if Drew Bledsoe had never got hurt. Here are some of your comments uh, based on last episode. James says, Michael Bishop who uh, Brady beat out as a backup, said Brady was the best QB on the team before he even started. Uh, Michael Bishop is correct, and so did a lot of fans. uh, We're saying that, and even Belichick himself, if you remember, um, they were all talking about how great Brady looked in that preseason. And there were some fans saying that he should probably start, but they couldn't do that with Bledsoe coming off the contract and everything. So, yeah, James, I agree with you on that. Yeah, Mike says there would be no 20-year dynasty and no six rings for the Patriots. Maybe a ring or two. And I think that was, Jason, I think that was your take last week, basically, as well. 100%, Mike, you're right on point. So defining grace, uh, commented regarding Aaron Judge in agreement with what we had said as well, writing, I believe we need the asterisk for those three. Don't erase the list, but put them in context. Keep the records, but... Maybe an asterisk to say, although maybe Jason, maybe you don't want that asterisk if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I am going to disagree with the defining grace. It was legal <laughs> at the time. No asterisk needed. I was trying to find some common ground with defining grace, but okay. <laughs> Our next commenter was Joseph, and he said, what if there was no Easter Bunny? Well, Joseph, that would be sad, and there would be lots of children with no candy. This is a safe listening space for everyone. <laughs> Uh, okay, so last comment. Anita says, going back and wondering what if is a monumental waste of time. Well, Anita, Oof. what I say is commenting on something that you had no interest in listening to is also a monumental waste of time. <laughs> Thanks, Anita. And thank you to everyone else who did comment and is supporting and yep. listening. We're so glad to have you as part of the community. Keep listening. Share it with your friends and family. Even Anita. Even Anita. So before we get into our topic, let's... Uh, cover some current events in our opening segment instant replay guys we are in october temperatures are cooling down even here in florida we have football mlb playoffs basketball and hockey are starting this month so my question to you what is the best month in sports nathan i think October is the clear winner, but to not go with the obvious choice, I'm going to say February. I, I know every February I look forward, of course, to the Super Bowl, uh, but also we have the NBA All-Star Game with the NHL All-Star Game. 
Uh, our listeners don't yet know, but I uh, like to follow NASCAR as well. So we had the Daytona 500 oh in gosh. February. And just on top of it, non-sports related, the Grammys are always in February. It's a great month, right? It's event, it's uh, appointment, event, uh, television, and sporting. And so I say February. We're gearing up also, right, conference play uh, and NCAA, right, basketball, getting ready for what happens in March. And so the games are mattering more and more. Hey, so February, hey, one month. February. One month. February. One month. February. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Jason? Uh, we're living it right now. October, baby. October is great. You've got uh, NBA preseason happening right now for everybody that just can't wait for the season to start. You've got the Premier League and all the European soccer kicking off. I'm a huge soccer guy, so great month. Lots of matches on. (laughs) And then on top of that, you also have the NFL season on, college football going on. It's it's a perfect month. I mean, I love it. And then we haven't even talked about the MLB playoffs. So for me, October doesn't get better. Well, we'll get to that in a second. For me, I mean, October is pretty strong. Um, I will say, just to be different, March is pretty strong. I used to love March. Uh, I love, you know, back back when I was in college and, and right after college, I wanted to be a GM. I wanted to run a team one day. Um, and so I love free agency, NFL, you know, free agency. Um, you have March Madness. You have champ. Uh, basketball championships uh you got the nba season going on you've got uh spring training you know kicking in gear for baseball so and it's kind of it's starting to warm up this time you know i I think you look at october things are cooling down and then once you get to march and you're like okay things are warming up a little bit now so uh so i'm gonna go with march jason said it uh we have the mlb playoffs coming up this weekend tomorrow's first game First of all, who are you rooting for, and who are you picking to be your World Series champion? What do you think, Nathan? So I'm the only team that's in the field out of the three of us, so I'll be cheering hard uh, for the Rays as they take on the Guardians. Um, I would be foolish to think that they're going to win it, and so I'm not going to pick them to win the World Series, although they've done crazier things before, I guess. Um, I'm going with the Mets, which is also part of my fandom. I used to be a Mets fan. Um, they won over 100 games this year, looking strong, great starting pitching. Um, so Man, you're really all the over the place. You got the Mets, you got the Cavs, you got the Rays, I, you got. I mean, I can explain it, but I want to bore lightning. our listeners. Someday, <laughs> I'm a Tampa Bay. It makes it Tampa easy Bay to fan. root and watch. Yeah, that's right. So. Tampa Bay fan here at this time, except for my Cleveland roots for the Cavs. But what are you thinking, Jason? Who are you, who are you cheering on? Who am I cheering for? Uh, I'm cheering for the Braves. Uh, my grandfather was a huge Braves fan, um, so I remember him when I was young sitting beside my grandfather watching Braves games all Even the time they won it when last my mom year? was out working. Still yes, rooting for him? Getting greedy. Still yeah, you like, for him again. You like dynasties. I know. I know. We know. Uh, yeah. Greatness. <laughs> Jason Love and dynasty, his greatness. But, but well, you know, Braves is kind of an adopted team to the Charlotte area. And yeah, I, you exactly. know, I'm from Charlotte Fair. because we, we still want an MLB team here. And if we get an MLB team here, I'll probably be uh, a more of a fan of MLB than I am now because we'll have a team here that I can follow and root for. Because even though Atlanta is a, a team I root for because of my grandfather, uh, it's still not, has no personal sentimentality to me. Um, and it's not something that I consistently uh, follow the Braves. But again, for my grandfather, picking the Braves is who I want to win. That's and who do choice. I think will win? Braves, baby. Saying, they did it last choice. year. Why can't they do it again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tyler, what you got? So, 
as Nathan pointed out, I don't have a dog in this fight, but and I have it for a very long time. Uh, but I always root for the underdogs here. I, I'd love to see like the Mariners who haven't done much. Uh, Welcome back Jays. to the postseason. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Please, breaking that yeah. streak. <laughs> exactly. I'd love to see like the Blue Jays do something or. You know, one of these teams, it'd be cool to see Pujols do something in the postseason. But I think uh, if you're asking me who I got, Cardinals, it's got to be the Dodgers. I, I, oh, it's got to be the Dodgers. That's a good yeah, pick. I mean, t- to me, that's just that team's loaded. Um, I didn't say I was rooting for him. I just who I got. I mean, I could also see the Astros. I think that would be a, a good matchup um, and could see it going either way. They both have really good pitching staffs. I know the, the Dodgers have a few uh, injuries on their pitching staff, but you have Mookie Betts. Uh, and and Jason, for you, we got Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers, so he That's could true. end up being kind of the tipping point yeah. in the yeah. in the National yeah. League. So we'll see yeah. which way that goes. But we want to hear from you. Who do you've got in the playoffs? Who are you rooting for? Who are you picking? Our next topic is NFL. Back to the NFL. We're pretty much a quarter of the way through the season, even though we're at 17 games now. I'm I'm calling this the quarter way mark. Uh, there are seven teams at one and three, the Raiders, Panthers, Patriots, Saints, Lions, Steelers, and Commanders with the Texans at 0-3 and 1. My question to you, if you had to pick one of these teams, which has the best chance at bouncing back and making the playoffs this season? Nathan, what do you think? We had to answer this question, huh? My real answer is none. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think any of them are going to make it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lions uh, purely... Uh, for all my fantasy football fans out there, I for some reason have three of the Lions on my team, on my first place team, um, and so I like watching them. They're a lot of fun. They've been in every game, I believe, um, at the end of it. And so let's go with the Lions, even though I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I, I think I saw a stat the other day, and I don't I don't remember if it's yards or if it's points, but the Lions are first in the NFL in points scored or total yards, and then last yes. on defense. Last on defense. And 100%. The, the, last team to, yeah. the last team to do that was the Rams in 2000 with Kurt Warner. Yeah, and I just don't... I, I think the Vikings and the Packers are just clearly better That's teams. Right. So trying to get ahead of them. So Anyway, <laughs> what do you think, Tyler? We're going to come to you first. Of those... Because I just don't know the state of the NFC South, I'm going to go with the Saints. Put your faith in Jameis Winston. They could be two and two right now. If it weren't for the double doink against my Vikings, I will gladly take it. But I'm not totally sold on Brady this year. And it might be some off field stuff going on there. But there's some injuries, I think, with his receivers. I'm just not sold on Brady. Sorry, Jason. I'm not sold on the Panthers or or the Falcons. So I, uh, I'm i going to go with the Saints in this one. What do you think, Jason? All right. What I think is uh, the best shot is... Uh, again, Belichick Homer. I think that uh, <laughs> Patriots with have the best chance uh, of getting into the playoffs, um, without a doubt. I mean, I really do. Um, Belichick, you know, is a great coach. Mac Jones, I'm not sold on, but I think they can can find a way. There last year. Yeah. The only other one is I, I'm with Nate. I mean, Lions could do it too because their offense is so great. If they can just get some semblance of a defense. The thing with me and the Patriots is you just look at their division. You got Buffalo, and who knows what's going on with Tua and how long he's going to be out, but the Dolphins are strong this year. So you got both those teams in your division. That's why I went with the Saints, just because of the division around them, I think. is Yeah, I really wanted to pick the Raiders because I think they have the best quarterback and car out of all those teams, but then you're like, ooh, yeah, the AFC West. Never mind. It's a little tough. So moving on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Can ahead. I just say one thing before you move on? Yeah. Matt Rule needs to be fired. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing in Carolina? He's won like 20 games in three ye- or two and a half years. There is no reason this man should even be coaching this season, but yet he is, and he's lost one in three, starting again, poorly as the last other two seasons, and he's still there. Tepper, please wake up, if you're listening to this, and fire Matt Rule. All right, so Jason has fired the coach. Well, we could talk about, we're not going to replay that news or talk about all the, the, the firings that already happened in college football, oh. but it's happening Ooh, there. So we'll, it'll be soon in NFL. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Wisconsin Rule would look Colorado great Rule. in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll get lucky and he'll get some college team will pull him uh, so you don't have to pay, pay 100%. his uh, buyout. But perfect segue into our, into our final topic. Arch Manning. Recently reported, University of Texas spent nearly $630,000 on two recruiting weekends in June, including almost $280,000 on Arch Manning's visit. Should there be limits placed on recruiting spending? Arch just looks great. I mean, if you followed anything of him coming out of high school, you know, right now, I mean, he's just breaking records left and right on the team. He's looking phenomenal. As far as the amount of money they spend, you got to spend big to get people into uh, into your school. I mean, that's not a hidden secret, though. I don't think this is something. I mean, people have been doing this for years. Sometimes they're giving it directly to the player. I won't name schools, no. but allegedly, allegedly. two hundred fifty thousand goes to the family <laughs> or to the players. I'm just saying we all can, you know, we don't talk about it, but it's true. The money does go to the players. In this case, spending two hundred fifty thousand on a recruiting trip. I mean, what will that buy you? A nice cruise. You know, a whole bunch of uh, steaks, maybe some wine, some entertainment, lots of alcohol, lots of alcohol Nate. That's lots where all the money goes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's totally worth it. You got, you know, they, they make a ton of money off of uh, football. For the parents, yes. the family. Clearly the, the alcohol obviously. was for the parents. <laughs> I'm sure it was. So, Nathan, should there be limits on recruiting spending? As Jason was talking, it made me think of just... We're not going to dive into this too much, but Texas, you know, moving to the SEC and the connections that that family has to the SEC. I just wonder, you know, in addition to the the dollars, how you know what else went into the decision? Was it easier to go there because they're moving from the Big Twelve? And I think we'll get at least a year um, playing in the SEC. So uh, spending limits? Nah, no, I don't think so. I mean, if we're having spending limits, what are we trying to do? Um, I think that parody. might go back to the conversation we had around parity. <laughs> and as much as I want there to be parity in college sports and really Boo. in all sports, I think. Boo. Um, no, I just, it's unrealistic. I think to expect the University of Texas, the flagship university for the state of Texas, um, of course, it's going to have a bigger budget and be able to have bigger means than a, a small school or a, a directional school in another state or a private small school trying to compete at that. No, I don't. Football's king in Texas. Do you? What do you think? I think that I think and, like we talked about without naming names, I think people are going to find ways around it like they have for that's forever. Say, it's going to be boosters doing just, things. It is and, it's just a shame though like the, like the the rich get richer, you know, with especially with like these TV contracts like the big schools can spend more which makes them get more of the good players and it's not even just about recruit better, as Jason said in our first episode, but like you, sometimes you can't just recruit better because you just don't have the resources compared to some of these other schools. So, um, but that's a whole other different animal uh, for another time. Yeah. I mean, Texas is three and two, so they, they can spend the money, yeah. but it's not necessarily coming out on the yeah. field. Look at but the next two classes they're recruiting, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they got some good classes coming in. Yeah. With Arch leading the way. Yep. No, it'll be interesting with them going to the SEC yeah. too. Like, it'll be interesting to see what Texas does over the next few years, and especially when Urban Meyer takes over. I'm sure after Sarkeesian gets fired. But <laughs> uh, with with that uh, news about uh, another Manning, let's get into today's episode. Look at, look at our ref here. Look at Cleet here in the boys' media <laughs> shirt. He just pointed to it. Look how tight my shirt is. I've been doing close grip uh, dips and push-ups with Ed Hockley all offseason. <laughs> and that is Peyton Manning on the Manning cast. It's a perfect transition into our topic today. He and his brother Eli have been really taken on to the media side of things. You've got Manning cast, SNL, doing a skit on the Manning cast, which was spot on with their impression of Peyton Caesar's commercial uh, Eli going undercover as Chad Powers on and on and on you know that that quote almost makes me think like as great as the Mannings were uh, as quarterbacks like man they're super talented and Mm -hmm. funny as entertainers and as producers and as content creators and (laughs) I remember years ago with Peyton on the Colts when he was kind of in his prime and he had this MasterCard kind of um commercials you know that he was doing where he was cheering on the everyday person doing their everyday job cut that meat and i just thought it was hilarious and he has such a personality it makes you ask the question you know will there become a day when they're known when when peyton and eli when the mannings are known more for what they're doing off the field for what they're doing on television or what they're doing in commercials or at the production company or whatever that might be it made me think of uh charles barkley or John Madden, or even today with like Troy Aikman, and you know a yeah. three time a three time Super Bowl winner who I, I think we don't we don't talk about very much as a three time Super Bowl winner. It, it, we see him you know calling games uh, for the He's NFL Joe Buck now, so yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if he would appreciate that, but sure. <laughs> now on Monday Night Football, right now yeah. uh, calling the other cast uh, that's yeah. going on the main cast um, to the Paytons or to the Mannings rather, but. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, power of media, for sure. And I think it speaks it speaks to their careers and some of the questions I think we're going to raise here as we play the down as well. And you wonder, how different would things look today if one decision went a different way? So in 97, Peyton had a press conference. He was at the University of Tennessee. Uh, and he had a press conference to declare his intentions, whether to declare for the NFL draft or return for a senior season at Tennessee. Most thought he was going to go pro that he would be the number one overall pick to the new york jets they just hired bill parcells who had led drew bledsoe uh and the patriots to the super bowl um to lose to the packers but in the end Payton returned for his senior season with the balls and would go on to be drafted number one overall the next year uh, and win a super bowl there and one in denver later so our question today is what if peyton manning had left early for the nfl draft <laughs> So the Jets have had, to put it kindly, not a lot of quarterback luck the last, what, 50 years? Uh, you've had Chad Pennington had a, had a few good years, a couple good years with Mr. Buttfumble himself, Mark Sanchez, uh, but they've really cycled through a lot of guys since Namath, uh, looking for the next Namath, 
uh, with Zach Wilson being the latest attempt. Uh, obviously, Vinny, we have to get our, our Vinny Testaverde from the University of Miami in there. But uh, question is, what type of success would Payne have had had he gone to the NFL one year earlier with the Jets, with Bill Parcells? And how could that have changed the NFL? Jason, what do you think? Uh, a lot, actually. <laughs> um, you're talking about a, a year earlier. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Belichick was there, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you got Parcells there, right? Yep. Yep. And then, you know, even the following year in 98 with Testaverde, they went to the championship game, if I'm not mistaken. And that's with no, no, no Peyton Manning. So AFC championship, Peyton Manning, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they went to the AFC championship. Yep. And so you're talking, that's without Peyton Manning, you yeah. know, and you put Peyton Manning in the mix with Parcells. Oh, you know, he could have, I believe if you put him on that team, there's no way that he at least doesn't get one, two championships like he already has. But if you got Parcells, how long is he going to stay around, you know, on that team? How much longer will he coach? That would have really depended on how long, you know, how many titles uh, Peyton could have got. But he was a machine coming out of uh, Tennessee, Peyton was. And I don't care where he went. I think he could have at least, you know, held a team together and got him there because he was an impressive uh, force off the pitch or off the uh, field. It's football so soccer. You, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, though, um, you know, what was Manning's big thing? He is all about getting all his players on offense on the same page. He's historically about that. Everybody had to be on the, the same page. He had that at Tennessee and he had that at Indianapolis. He had that at the Broncos. So you put him in that locker room with the talent they already had. I think that, you know, it would have changed everything. I, you know, we, we talked about Brady last week, talking about Manning this week. Manning uh, coming out a year earlier would have gave him a huge advantage. And I think uh, even though he wasn't that good the first year to two years in his career, he didn't start coming on to three and four. Still with Bill Parcells coaching and the team that they had, I think they would have been great. I think that's a whole, I mean, this is what we do, right? The what ifs, but it's a whole lot of what ifs. Like, is Belichick staying with the Jets? And if not, does he end up going to the Patriots? There's that Brady conversation. How many, you know, how do they get in the way then in the same division now um, with Manning? Um, they played a lot as it was because they were finishing at the top of the division so oftentimes, but then they'd be playing an extra time every year. I mean, that's, I think also it, the championship in Indy came in 08 or 06 rather. Yeah. It was 06, so it took eight years, seven seasons, eight years. We do that math, but for them to get the first one, like how quickly would they have? It took them a while with a super talented team mm-hmm. in Indianapolis uh, to break through and get that championship. I, and they shouldn't I have. If you remember, they, they shouldn't have. It shouldn't have taken that long for them. They had great offense with Manning at year four on, but they just kept coming up short. Well, and part of that, yeah. part of that was the Brady problem. Brady was yep. in the, the way, like, yeah. like he had to get over the Brady hump so twice a year. Though Brady had to get over, the- he had to get over that Brady hump, much like you know Jordan had to get over the Troy hump, and LeBron had to get over the the Boston hump. Um, you know, he had to get out of the get that out of the way, and and just psychological with it, what that could do. I mean, my question is, I mean, you you ask a question, let's explore it. Like, if they're in the same division, he and Brady, he's been in it what four years before Brady even comes in at that point um, with a guy sure. like Bill Parcells with a guy like Bill Belichick, a defensive coordinator. Like that's a big, what if in this situation, if, 
if Parcells stayed, you've got a solid coach there. Maybe Belichick goes to the Patriots still. People don't realize, like, Bill Belichick had signed to be the head coach of the Jets after Parcells left. And literally, like, the next day, broke the contract to go sign with the Patriots, and they ended up giving him a first-round pick and stuff. So you wonder, like, even if Bill Parcells didn't stay, does Belichick, with his defense seeing what, he's got a quarterback in New York instead of going to get Drew Bledsoe, does he stick in New York? And now we don't even know if we get the Belichick-Brady Brady thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but say say we do. Does seeing him twice a year make it easier or harder being in the same division? Say the Patriots just kind of develop as they have, that it's more of a, a rivalry in division instead of you see him once a year or maybe every the other year or something. Um, is it easier to beat Brady if you see him more? I guess statistically it is, like the number eventually you'll get over it, but psychologically is it easier? Yeah. And there's, I think, the stat that like Brady and New England never made the playoffs as a wild card team. And so, how does that impact if yeah. you have Manning in your division? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that, you know, it probably maybe it spreads the, the championships, the Super Bowls around the league a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, if Belichick isn't coaching New England and is in New York, it's going to yeah. for sure have a huge impact. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, you think a lot of the Patriots' success was due to such a weak conference for or division for fifteen years. I mean, they just were yeah. not. The Dolphins and the Bills were not good then. The Jets have not been good for a very long time. If you put but you say that, but there, how much absolutely. was it to, to you know? If you put you know with with Belichick and them, it made it very hard for any of them because they oh, that's two games a year for each of them that yeah. they had to you know fight that team. Yeah. But they, I don't know that any of those Six teams L's. were even close to sniffing, <laughs> sniffing wild card during that time for the most part. Oh, I think you they know. say there's like this annual tradition where New England comes to Miami every year and loses at the beginning of the season. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the, the, some of the teams were, be, were, you know, they're getting their W every now yeah. and then. But yeah, I hear you. It was a weak division. That certainly is much stronger today. Yeah. But I think what you're saying, though, um, Tyler, if you put Manning in that, you know, over there, you know, on the Jets, I think that. Man, that would be a, I mean, having them face off. I mean, how much, I mean, I really don't know how much that would change. Cause again, it really goes into Bill Parcells, how long he's there. Cause I think Manning's Achilles Hills, who he had coaching him for the longest time, had not having a coach to get them over the hump. Um, you know, that, I think that was, that was some of it. If he had a, a hall of famer like Bill Parcells co- coaching him, I think he'd have got there much quicker than the, like a Nate said was eight years. It took him to get there. Yeah, the Colts are in the AFC South, not the greatest division ever put together. So it wasn't, you know, it would definitely have been a harder division going to the East if, if Belichick and uh, Brady yeah. were there together. But Brady again, like you started to say, you know, I mean, excuse me, Manning again, even though he was in what is generally a weak AFC South, still was struggling to break through with at least the Super Bowls. Of yeah, but it, it wasn't so much the the division that was keeping him in the out. It was once he got to the playoffs like he would they were still yep annually winning that division other than you know year here there maybe but um it it was definitely um the playoffs that that stumbled and it wasn't like he was getting blown out it was usually came down to what a one possession game often in 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 those games so part of the question is you know jason you you alluded to earlier like Vinny took the jets that 98 year i think to the nfc Yep. AFC championship. Yep. 
with 12 and 4 team. Now, that clip at Eli at the beginning, like, he threw 28 interceptions his first, his rookie year. Like, it was not the prettiest thing. You know, if if this happened, we never would have had the the most, like, one of the greatest sound bites of all time. Uh, Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Uh, It's such a classic. Like, anytime anyone says playoffs, it's... (laughs) <laughs> playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> um and so so you think about would he have been ready in season two with the jets to take over Vinny at that point or is, is he you know at the time quarterbacks didn't really jump in their rookie year it wasn't like it is today where you start yeah. joe burrow rookie year you know you, you often sat you know aaron Rodgers sat behind Favre, and that was 10 years later you know seven eight years later something like that um so would Peyton have have been in there? I think a lot of people probably are calling for Peyton a second year at the slightest little blip at the quarterback position. But if he could have gotten to the Super Bowl and or potentially won the Super Bowl before Brady even gets on the scene, how does that change the psychology of the AFC and the AFC East and Peyton Manning saying Brady's not a problem because now Peyton's the guy in the way that Brady has to get over. Belichick is the key, I think, to that question. Is is Parcells still there in New York as the head coach, or does Belichick take over there? And I think if it's Parcells and Belichick still goes to the Patriots, I think we can still have what history really was. Yeah. Um, If Belichick stays in New York, yeah, then what's happening to Brady? Uh, Does Brady even get drafted by the... Patriots. Yeah. Or does he get draft does he get drafted at all? Does he get drafted by the Jets um, to be the backup to Peyton Man? <laughs> <there you go. laughs> that would be fun. We have a whole lot happier Jets fans. I mean, we'd think of the Jets. I mean, let's be honest. I'm sorry, Jets fans, but we don't really usually think about the Jets at all. And I think we would actually talk about the Jets um had they gotten that that Super Bowl in a couple in the first couple of years with Manning, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you got to think, though, Testaverde was no slouch in 98. No. He had, what, uh, three, 4,000 yards, 29, 30 touchdowns, which 29 touchdowns then in 98 is a lot. And, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't remember his picks, but he had under 10 picks that season. He was slinging the ball for Testaverde. Yeah. I mean, he really was. So, I, don't, I mean, to Tyler's point, that's a fantastic point. Would Peyton have even started his first couple of years? I probably not. I don't think the 98 season he would have, <laughs> you know, Vinny Testaverde yeah. was slinging it with like that. I don't think he would have started. So I don't think it would have affected the 98 season. But again, to Tyler's point, you know, the least little thing happens after that. And, you know, they're going to be calling for Peyton because that then you're yeah. in year. What is that? Three year three You're in year three. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, what's happening? Why is uh, Peyton not playing? And Testaverde yeah. wasn't that great the year after that 98 run. I mean, he was OK. Um, so yeah, that, that's a fantastic point. And then to Nate's point, you know, what does happen? I mean, does Bill Belichick leave? I mean, and if he doesn't leave, what does that do to the Patriots and Tom Brady? I don't think without Bill Belichick, there is no Tom Brady on the Patriots. I mean, that's safe to say, does he get drafted? I mean, people were questioning it when he was picked number six, if you remember in that draft. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, he could have picked up as an undrafted free agent. But then again, like we talked about in that episode, I mean, he had talent, but where does he go? Some teams were a mess back then. So you never know as an undrafted 
rookie, where are you going to end up being picked up and how that affects your career? And if that was the case, Manning's road to the Super Bowl is paved in gold. There is yeah. no, uh, you know, no more no Brady uh, in the way. Tom Brady yeah. to, to stop him. So yeah. then what happens yeah. with Belichick his first few years? I mean, I would say Belichick, uh, Belichick, uh, you know, um, Parcells. Parcells, thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Parcells, Who are we talking about? Parcells tutelage. Too many bills. I uh, know <laughs> his tutelage. I mean, you know, I think that would be extremely helpful to Manning because he didn't have that. As as much as I like more more in the the playoffs quote playoffs. Yes, thank you. <laughs> he is not Parcells, so that's. I, I think it would have really helped. Yeah. Um, Do the I Rams? Mean, I mean. Speaking of, do the Rams yeah. become? I mean, that what's the impact on the rest of? Well, the and the, and, the, and that's kind of the the trickle effect because oh, the Rams ended up because Peyton didn't go pro. The Rams traded up to get yeah Orlando Pace, Pace, Hall of Fame Hall left of tackle, yeah. like key Hall player Famer, on absolutely. that Kurt Warner led greatest show on turf. Like if they don't get bad him, boy Kurt Warner, where does he go? Yeah, because they took ever... that first round draft pick right yep. from the Jets. Yep, that's what they. Yeah, yeah. to get him. To Absolutely. Get him. What happens to the greatest show on turf? Yeah. Absolutely. Do Do we ever get Kurt Warner? Like that. That whole thing can change if they don't have the Rams. And if And if we do get a Kurt Warner, like, what does he? Do you have that prolific of an offense if you don't have that? I mean, you might have a, a serviceable left tackle, but not a Hall of Fame left tackle probably in there. Yeah. Um, to keep you upright. Yeah, keep you upright. And so, like, there's the trickle effect. And let, let's let's take it even further. Let's go the next year. Um, the Colts, you know, Peyton went to the Colts in 98 in real life. Uh, but they were apparently really divided on whether to take Manning or Washington State's Ryan Leaf, who was a complete bust with the Chargers. But at the time, like, there was a lot of back and forth with, with some of the scouts. So, apparently... Bill Pulley and the GM consulted with his coaches and scouting staff, and they were really split 50-50. You know, Leaf had a really good college year that last year, throwing 4,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Um, a Newsday poll actually had 20 NFL general managers favoring Leaf over Manning. The arm strength. The arm strength of Leaf. Ryan Leaf's agent came out and said that he, he said in a book that he didn't want to play, Ryan Leaf didn't want to play in Indianapolis. And prefer the California lifestyle. And so they sabotage the whole like draft process, the interviews and the workouts and stuff. Um, so the Colts wouldn't pick him and he ended up in at the time San Diego Chargers. Um, so my question is if Manning's not in the picture in ninety eight, which Ryan Leaf's kind of the probably led to Oh yeah Eli and all of that, but I know oh, we yeah, might get into we'll that get later, that. right? Yeah. But if, <laughs> yeah. if if Manning's not even the picture in ninety eight, Leaf's the only the obvious choice. Does Ryan Leaf have a better career in indianapolis where he doesn't have the california lifestyle he doesn't have you know i think he went to rehab and stuff because he had some drug issues it, it was arrested at yeah, one he's point doing great now but he's been through yeah, yeah he's yeah, been through a lot yeah. but what if he had more success with marvin harrison edrin james reggie wayne um tony dungy eventually yeah. like that infrastructure do we think ryan leaf could have been better or is he just a bust all around I can't, I don't know the whole Ryan Leaf story. Won't pretend yeah. to know it, but I know that he was, you know, that first season, you know, he, you know, he was, he was pretty good, but 
you know, there, there was a lot of uh, issues, like you said, off the field. But I, if I'm not mistaken, he already had issues off the field coming into the league slightly. Like he was known as a partier, like he would party. And so, I mean, you can find a party if you've got that much money. I don't care if you're in Indianapolis or California. You have enough money, the party comes to you. So, I mean, <laughs> with that being said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had talent is what I'm saying. Ryan Leaf had talent. And he had talent coming out of college because his arm strength is what the scouts were really high on. Because if you remember, yeah. Peyton Man's arm strength was good, but it was not Ryan Leaf. And I think a little bit more mobility as well. Correct. Yep. A hundred percent. And so, uh, you know, if he had went, uh, you know, to Indianapolis that year in 98, I, I don't think it would change much. I really don't. Even with the talent mm. that he had there, like I said, you know, if you're a partier and you've got enough money, you can find a party anywhere you are. No, I've, I mean, yeah, better. Sure. I mean, better is relative. Maybe lasted longer. Um, so sure. It goes from a one to a two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, what's the saying, right? Wherever you go, there you are. Like, yeah. hundred percent. So like you're saying, Jason, um, struggled in San Diego. Going to have some struggles in Indianapolis as well. Absolutely. You think the same thing, Tyler? Or you think uh, different? I, I mean, I, the off-field stuff was obviously an issue and and like jason said the party when you have that much money the party will come to you the the party probably isn't as fun in indianapolis as in california i i do think like i i wonder with with marshall falk you know in india at the time before he went to the rams is there slightly more talent to help there now obviously edrin didn't come in for another few years uh reggie wayne didn't come in for a couple of years, Dungey came in 2002 and Leafs career was over in 2001. So was there enough talent? Was there enough, a, a little less distraction in Indianapolis? Could he have made it to the Dungey time? And then I think once Dungey's there, he could really help from a psychological standpoint, from a coaching standpoint that maybe... Does Dungey go there to, to coach? To, does he go there to be Ryan Lee? I don't know. See, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great Ryan question. Manning's coach? Absolutely. It's, it's a fascinating question. I, no, I don't think he would have had the career Peyton had regardless. I think he may have had a better, like you said, better's relative. But hmm. I think he may have had a puncher's chance to lasting longer if he had gone to Indianapolis instead of, uh, instead of San Diego. Indianapolis, your city is fantastic. Yes, we love you, Indianapolis. In a couple of weeks, <laughs> but it's not quite the same, literally, but probably not quite the same as California. Yeah. So. Okay, so let's talk about like some more uh, ripple effects. So, 98. Let's say Peyton's there in 97. They ended up with the 18th pick in 98. I'm going to assume Peyton didn't play his rookie year. So they're going to end up around the same spot. They ended up trading that pick away. Bill Parcells, you know where Belichick gets it from. Bill Parcells like trading back and getting more picks. But if they don't trade back at the 18th pick in 98, you just wonder, Randy Moss was sitting there at 18. You already had Keyshawn and Wayne Corbett and Curtis Johnson as your back. And you just wonder, what if they said, let's pair Randy Moss with Keyshawn Johnson and Peyton Manning. Do you think those, I mean, those two guys, do you think, I think Peyton and he could have, could have easily, 
existed, could Keyshawn and Moss have existed? <laughs> sure. <laughs> they both want to win. I think so. I think so. But I think as far as as far as Peyton's success, I mean, come on. <laughs> and Marvin Harrison and Reggie Rain for so long. Like, Very good, but not the same. Randy Moss. Not the same duo, but oh man. But it, correct, they're not. Yeah. But are the the two? How do they compare to to the to Randy Moss and to Keisha? Yeah. Like, are they comparable? So is he gonna I mean, have I just more look success? At what, okay, I'm a huge the same success. I'm a huge like Homer here because as a Vikings fan, like I fell in love with football because of Randy Moss um, in '98. Sure, and sure. but then I look at what he did with the Patriots and Tom Brady, and he was unstoppable. Um, and I think Payton had much until better arm. Eli Manning came Eli along. Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche. But I wonder, like, Peyton with the better arm, could you have, and started earlier, I mean, Moss, his rookie year was as good as he was in 2007 with the Patriots, like, his rookie year, he was so good with the Vikings, like, that talent with Peyton. Seven? Yeah, with Peyton. 17? What could they have done together? I just, that, I think that's really interesting too. Now, I don't know if Bill Parcells, with Bill Parcells in charge, if he would have taken a receiver. He's such a defensive guy. He traded back, but that's another interesting, like, hey, let's get another weapon for our franchise quarterback. And now we've got, instead of three deep with, with Moss, Carter, and Jake Reed, in the Vikings, you got Moss, Keyshawn, and Wayne Corbett with Peyton Manning. Yeah, but I, so you're saying the uh, 98 offseason, right? That yeah, was uh, when draft. he was drafted. Yeah, 98 yeah, yeah. So going in 1999, he'd probably be still, it would, it would be uh, Vinny Testaverde to Moss, Tyler. Because I'm still thinking that after that 98 <laughs> season, yeah. you know, they wouldn't quite pull the trigger. So he, they got Vinny Testaverde another weapon to use. <laughs> and Do so you that, think they would have waited? Do you think they would have waited that long, though? For with with a guy that was clearly the chosen one, like coming out, and you know them, them not getting Peyton was was kind of like the Boston Celtics not getting Tim Duncan when when well, that lottery dropped. So like, how long they, did Steve Young wait? I mean, you know, Steve Young was talented. He waited a long time. You yeah. know, again, if Testaverde is throwing twenty nine touchdowns. You know, in 98, <laughs> you know, you're keeping him. You're keeping the hot hand. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think the next year it would have still started as Testa Verde, at least for the beginning, and he had been thrown to Moss. So Moss's first career touchdown would have probably been from Vinny Testa Verde and not Manning. Mm. I mean, he did pretty well with Randall Cunningham in Minnesota, too, his rookie year, so... I think you he don't say. Fine I'm just not going to buy. <laughs> I think yeah, he'd be fine with even with Moss. I'm not buying that the Jets. Uh, you know, if Testaverde's not playing and Manning is, um, Peyton's there. I- I'm still not buying that the talent there is better than what he ended up with in Indianapolis. So okay. I'm not going to expect different results. Okay. I mean, I so agree with you, Nate. I mean, Edward James was yeah. a beast. I mean, in his prime, yeah. and then My Harrison American. and Wayne. I mean, they were Another great receivers. <laughs> Absolutely, we got a lot of hurricanes on this episode. A lot of hurricanes on this episode. We got to represent it's our glory days back then. <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts on Peyton Manning and the Jets? Peyton and the Jets. I'm glad it didn't happen. Okay, how about that? I liked, liked him on make- uh, in, in in Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. Does I think he came out the right there's time. There's something about the mid I don't know, the Midwest or the southernness of going to Tennessee, the wholesomeness with you know those images of the Midwest that 
and maybe it may be that's part of what I said earlier that Peyton, you know, is so talented with his personality and knowing how to crack a joke and, and mm-hmm. business sense. And maybe, you know, I think Peyton is genuinely what we see, genuinely what we see, but maybe he kind of, you know, feeds into that intentionally. And so what does that personality look like in New York City um, playing for the Jets? Like, I think I'm with you, Jason, like there's something and that's part of why I think the NFL is so popular. As much as we don't like the word parity, Jason, I love parity. But the NFL is a, a league, <laughs> with some exceptions, that generally, Jets are one of them, generally, right, there's a lot of parity, and it doesn't necessarily matter where you um, are drafted or where, what part of the country you're playing for. But there is something to be said for, like, a personality a and cultural where you live and what's going yeah. on in the city. Yeah, the cultural fit. And so, yeah, it is, I think it's great that Indy, that he played for Indy, absolutely. And I, I think oh, it's interesting. Mate. I think it's so interesting you say that though, because like I look at Eli, and that guy's just as southern as Peyton. And especially, I mean, you watch the Manning cast, you see it. Like those guys, they're sitting on their couch in cardigans. Like, but Eli wanted to go to New York, and Peyton apparently wanted to go to New York to play for Parcells, even though he had kind of that, you know, southern upbringing and whatnot. So, it would have been fascinating if. Peyton's in the New York Jets, and then Eli forces his way a few years later to the Giants, and you've got both those guys in New York at the same time. Well, because maybe, you know, even just the fit, which I think is a good fit as a Midwesterner myself, right? But I think there's also, like, would Indy be, you know, as much as I love parody, but would Indy be relevant? Would They would never have gotten to the place you know, where you're seeing blue and white jerseys everywhere, mm-hmm. um, number no. 18s, right? Nope. Um, that made me think of the Titans who have been extremely successful the last couple of years and, you know, number one seed last year. And they're not, that's not a national brand. Um, they're successful on the field for the most part. Um, but, and so I think from that idea of like, let's spread around the talent. Yes. Eli did great with whatever the cultural fit was or wasn't in New York. Um, and, and these are, you know, as we said, these are highly intelligent and talented individuals, but they're going to, they're going to be able to play football in whatever city they get drafted in San Diego, Eli. But anyway, um, (laughs) and so, yeah, I think, but I think the idea of, and Jason, you didn't really elaborate on that, but the idea of having Peyton go to India, I think was a great thing for the league. Well, I, Um, I, I think I just romanticize it. He comes from Tennessee and then goes up to Indianapolis. And like you said, culturally, it's about the same thing. You have the, you know, the same type of fan base there. He really appeals to that Midwesterner. And I just, you know, I don't know. I seeing him in the blue and white is an image that I loved for so many years. It was interesting to see what he did. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't be great. and He wouldn't fit at the Jets. Just me personally. I liked him on Indianapolis and being there. And poor, poor Bronco fans. We haven't even given any love to <laughs> yeah. his championship in Denver. Oh, I blocked that. <laughs> Where out, he also Nate. is a good cultural. Do you fit guys not remember role, what but... happened? The Broncos, Von Miller sacking poor Cam Newton out of existence. And uh, <laughs> I this don't want like to talk talked about, about Denver yet. I, <laughs> no, yes, this is I will not talk about that Super Bowl. Oh, speaking of the speaking of the '97 draft, do you know who the Panthers drafted in the '97 draft? <laughs> Uh, Ray Carruth, right? Ray Carruth, yeah. 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 A great great pick by the Panthers. (laughs) Terrible individual. That is one terrible individual is Ray Carruth, and I don't mind saying it. Um, Going back to what you're saying, I mean, you you look right now about how, you know, you have the blue jerseys everywhere, you know, and now I think with you, you're seeing it in Kansas City. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes jerseys everywhere. Like, 
Kansas City was a nice team. They were always somewhat competitive. Like years back, they had Priest Holmes and and whatnot. But having that superstar there elevated an entire franchise, an entire city. Um, and so it 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 is kind of fascinating, as Jason said, to watch that happen. Yeah, I would love to see as a Vikings fan okay. see see a franchise. I mean, we we got close with Dante Culpepper, but not that Cole level Pepper, of sure. of quarterback. I, I just want to see the franchise dominant guy in Minnesota. Yeah. And you I had that really a little bit of suffering it. as you were, Jason. You had that with Cam Newton, Newton right? With yeah. Cam, absolutely. Yeah. Cam yeah. He took a new Super Bowl. Great guy. changes everything. Yeah. 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 He was fantastic. But there's a lot of people that hated Cam Newton in Charlotte for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I was not one of those. I love Cam Newton. I was glad we drafted him when he came out. I got to meet him, luckily, his rookie year. Uh, huge individual. I mean, impressive. I mean, tall, big guy, you know, well-spoken, awesome gentleman. And, um, you know, he, he, he carried the franchise on the back for many years. And, you know, he was an MVP quarterback in 2015. We won't talk about what happened after 2015 <laughs> or even in the Super Bowl that year. But, you know, up until that point, I mean, Cam Newton really carried us. He gave everything to the franchise, and that's the closest that we'll, we'll, uh, we've will we ever come to having a quarterback of that um, yeah. that stature. <laughs> but it does say to the point of the difference, right? And we, we all know this. We're following the league, the difference the quarterback makes and the relevance that a quarterback can do for the team and, frankly, for a city. Uh, for a market and so when, when you have a quarterback it changes everything and obviously Peyton has done that for for Indianapolis thanks for joining us today you can follow us at replay the down on Twitter Instagram and Facebook if you haven't already subscribed make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends we want to hear from you what if Peyton Manning had left early from the NFL that's our show I'm Tyler I'm Nathan. I can't wait to 2026. Panthers, Arch Manning, match made in heaven. (laughs) And join us for our next episode as we replay the down.